Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. It's that B&E thing. One more time. Not so serious Sunday. We have no topic, but Brandon, you have something that's on your mind right now. Yeah. You have something you want to share. So I'm just going to let you take it away. Well, I do. And, um, you know, actually it's kind of this whole thing about not wanting to do anything. Mm. It's kind of like feeling like, am I lazy? Um, or certain things that I want to do or certain things I don't want to do or whatever, you know, I'm like kind of going, going through this and going like, you know, what if it is okay to, to do the thing that I don't think I'm supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, for example, right now I'm doing live streaming and I started playing video games, live streaming, which, you know, used to kind of sound like a silly idea to me to watch someone live stream until I started watching some VR stuff people were doing. Mm. And I was like, this is incredible. This is like a movie. This is amazing. Yeah. And it didn't even matter really what they did, but it was kind of interesting to be like, I watched this one that was a horror and he's just really walking through this old creepy house. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, is that as they're going through the house, even though nothing's really happening, it's like, you know, you kind of are really feeling like, yeah, that's kind of what I would do. Or like, I wouldn't really do that, but you kind of, you know, you're getting a feeling. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my point is, is that I started live streaming. I started to realize that live streaming is something that people are interested in. So I let everybody live stream for my wildlands experience. So I bought right. Ghost Recon Wildlands and it's crazy because I've had the largest live audience I've ever had <laughs> night after night after night wanting to watch. And it's been growing exponentially yeah. every night. And you know, as I played the game, like at first I was explaining to them stuff about that. I learned when I was creating my uh, TV show yeah. about being a soldier and I did elite training and learned all that shit. So what I did was I was showing them in the game, what I learned making a movie from like special op, you know, people. Yeah. And so then we're like doing the game and I'm like kind of teaching them and, and like, it's kind of cool because I'm having this whole thing. And now like at this point I played the game for, I don't know how many hours live on the stream. Yeah. I've gotten pretty good at it. So like I'm having these like epic kills and people are like cheering and they're like, yeah. <laughs> like and then you see like all like we, we, we car bombed this like area or something. There's all these explosions. It looked like an action movie. <laughs> yeah. So you can see kind of why people are doing this. But anyway, this is my last point. This is fun. And mm. I'm getting paid to do that. <laughs> and it hit me. I always kind of thought video games were like this waste of time. You know, that's what I was always told as a kid. Yeah. And now I'm starting to realize, well, maybe this isn't a waste of time. Maybe some of this other stuff I think I'm supposed to doing is a waste of time and I don't want to do it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I know people say, well, you got to go to work. You don't really like work, but I think we can all kind of create, create a path for ourselves that we like doing and get paid yeah. doing it. You know, there really is, uh, you know, you bring up a great point. Like there is such a stigma out there that work means you've got to hate it. Yeah. Like you've got to like suffer through this thing that you're doing to be working and it's complete nonsense. It's complete nonsense, especially in today's day and age where you can, there's pretty much an opportunity to turn any sort of passion into something that makes money. Yeah. Well, that's like you know, with I, this, you know, it's totally. like, yeah, I mean, we started podcasting. We liked having conversations. Now, 
you know, as things move, I mean, it's only natural. There will be money made from the podcast. It's just part of the process, but now you get paid to do something you want to do. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is like, you know, I started live streaming to be, to teach filmmaking and share that, but I am sharing my journey. And so then I opened up the door to be like, you know, try something new. So I tried this uh, video game streaming Yeah. and now video game streaming is really cool because I think my audience likes my personality as I play and the way that I play the game. And it opened up my mind actually to other things like what, you know, okay, well, if this is something I like doing and I can figure out a way to actually get paid to do what I love, then why am I not looking at everything in my life as mm. not just loving what I do and doing it cause I want to, but doing it cause I also get paid for it. Whereas like, I feel like there's certain things in my life where they, I just don't want to do them right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why did I even set that up in my life where I would have something I don't want to do Yeah. to like make money or to get something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know it sounds, I know it sounds, no, no, no. I, it, but it like is, we could choose to do everything we do. We could like, yeah. Right. But I think, you know, when I grew up, I felt like there was always going to be something I had to do. I didn't like. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's a tricky thing because it's like you, there's this whole argument of, it's like, yeah, but sometimes to get to the a place that you want, you know, it requires like some hard work or it requires some struggle and this, and it's like, I suppose to a degree, but I mean, we've talked about, and so many, um, coaches out there and speakers out there and very successful, um, like entrepreneurs and stuff who, who give talks about this stuff, the more and more they are tilting it, not, not saying that it's like, that it's not going to take work, but to really look at the kinds of things that we are, the kinds of goals that we're setting up in our lives or why we're doing certain things in our lives, Mm -hmm. especially if they really make us miserable, right? Like where even if it's, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, that doesn't mean it needs to be torturous kind of work. Like if you really hate the work that is required to get to this thing, then, then why you want it in the first place is probably a little bit suspect. Totally. Um, we did talk about something like this not too long ago, but it's a great topic. Like I, I really love this whole thing about, I, well, I think people want, to get to a place instantaneously and be able to do the thing right away. But like, sometimes I think it's a bit of a discovery and sometimes it's a bit of putting some effort in before you know, if you're going to get anything in return. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about like myself as a filmmaker, I mean, I went out and made films with no, no, um, intention really to make money back. Ironically, I ended up actually succeeding at making money back, but I didn't go out there with that intention. I went out there to make some films cause that's what I wanted to do and to get myself out there as a filmmaker and maybe mm-hmm. make an impact. And so as I did that, I ended up creating enough body of work, which has kind of opened up doors for me for a lot of avenues, you know, and now I had this kind of screenwriting career that's been flourishing over the last couple of years or so. And it's like that happened because of kind of going down a path I wanted to go down, you know, now live streaming on video games. I used to play video games all the time when I was a kid, never made a dollar. I only spent money on video games, but I, as most people did. Right. And, but I practiced a lot of video games. I've played a lot. I've had a lot of experience with various types of video games. I, you know, I can tell you all the different types and I've, it's been an interest of mine. I like it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not like I got paid the next day because go, I want to play video games and get paid. It doesn't necessarily work like, okay, immediately you're going to get paid, but you set up a plan. So you think, okay, well, 
you know, if you know streaming is something that you can make money at right now, and this is our live audience on the other side, and you, you don't, there's many different platforms. Yeah. Start figuring out what could I live stream right now yeah. that I like to do, and then you could maybe potentially start making money because someone else likes it and wants to live vicariously through you because your personality or your way of doing it, your passion, your excitement, your open mind to it yeah. is what we really want to watch. Totally. And then it becomes more about even the video games. It's like, I like hanging out with this guy, whatever he's doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and yeah, it's such an interesting time for the, these types of things. And also, um, you know, being like a, like a YouTube sort of like a YouTube star of sorts. I mean, there's so many, it's like, there's, um, uh, I, I subscribe to this channel on YouTube and they're like this guitar store in, um, like Portsmouth, England. <laughs> Okay. And they do these demos and it's funny cause you get, you can watch the evolution of how they did these demos where it was like, you know, they had a couple of recurring people who would show up and, and do that. It was, you know, sometimes just kind of in a pretty basic like extra room that they'd sort of retrofitted or whatever, but they had great personalities and they would, you know, it was a bunch of guys who are in bands or they work at the store all great guitar players and stuff. And they just try out new gear, hmm. you know, and they review it right. or they do like blindfold tests, uh, see if they can tell the difference between like a $200 guitar and like a, you know, $3,000 guitar right. or same thing with a guitar amplifier. And yeah. stuff. And you watch how, because they have a lot of subscribers and because they did great stuff despite the quality. And now you look, they've got like a crazy set now, like a, huge room that Mm. they've like put a lot of effort into. It looks like the production value is like way higher than it used to be Yeah, because they're probably making a ton of money off of YouTube, you know, enough so that like it makes it worth it for them as like a store Yeah, to like, it's like an extra, it's extra revenue for them. Right. And it's also, they're advertising themselves anyhow. Like it's, there's all kinds of great things, but ultimately this is the point of it all is it's really just a bunch of dudes who like love guitars and love jamming on guitars, sitting together in a room, just jamming and being like, yeah, I like this. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, like just talking about this stuff, something that they already love. Well, I think it's, it's an interesting time too. I mean, people are getting paid for what they're interested in they're getting paid for what they're excited about. Yeah. And I think also there's certain, I mean, there's certain channels that maybe are not quite as authentic, but I think there's a lot to be said for, there's a lot of just authentic people who are figuring out how to like go out there and just kind of try something. Even if they're putting on an act, like there's one guy I can think he's a vlogger, I'm not going to name him, but I, I, I know for a fact that he puts on a little bit of an act for his audience, Right. but there's something really kind of fun about it. And it's mm-hmm. like, almost like he's playing a character. It's like, if I did a whole thing in walking or something, you know, right. like it'd be kind of like, yeah, like that's kind of funny. Cause that's your stick, you know, yeah. but it's still genuine what you're doing, even though you're putting on a stick and you know, yeah. you're putting on a stick a little bit. Like, like, you know, you're, you know, you're playing it up, Like you're not acting yeah. like you're cool or something. Right. Like that's what I'm talking about. That kind of authenticity. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, um, yeah. Almost if you look at someone like a uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, with all of his different characters, hmm for his old show where he used to be, um, Ali G right. or something. It's yeah, a yeah, persona, yeah, yeah. right? That's it's exactly just what I'm like, talking about. Yeah. 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 As opposed to, um, yeah, somebody who's 
Yeah, it's. I'm trying well, to describe this from- line that that you're you're walking with it because yeah, then there's you know you see people who, you know, clearly it's like that you don't know if they really have a passion for the thing that they're they're doing. Right. Right. And, but or they're they doing just it. want something out of it. Yeah. They just want something out of it. They just want to be that, you know, that next YouTube sensation, or they want to be that next like career YouTuber. Right. Um, which, and for every successful YouTuber that I've heard talk about it, they say it's like, well, you know, you've actually really got to care about the content that you're creating. Right. You've got to love it and care and care about it. In well, order for like it that, to really be successful. It's kind of like that with everything. I was like that with film. Like if people are just doing the part so they can get their next gig, cause it'll help move them up in their career or they'll get them that exposure. I mean, in many ways, I think you're underselling your future. I mean, if you do it, the role, because you really believe in that and, and you at least see some, some way to really do that and bring something and mm-hmm. have some fun. That's like a more authentic way about say going after an acting career or something like that you know, I think there's this kind of this, just this thing about we're. I think that we, we often think we're not enough. We're not worthy. We're not whatever. And I think people are going through this all the time, you know, and, um, not lovable. I don't know what it is, whatever the part of the story is, but because we build this belief system of something like we're not, we can't have everything that we think we want, you know, um, because we build this type of belief system, it's hard for us to step away from it and see that we aren't whatever that is. Like for me, I struggle a lot of my life not being good enough. Not good enough was a way in which I identified myself in the world, mm. but I, I'm not even, I'm not identified as not good enough. It's just, I identified. And so then it's like a cloak. You like put it on and you wear it and you walk around the world as though that's true. Mm-hmm. And and you go see it's true. The world sees it's true because they go look at the cloak and you go, I put this cloak on, you know, like in a sense, you don't, you forget you are wearing the cloak. You know what I mean? Like you never even knew it. So it's like to say like, I'm not good enough. You just need to like take that off. That's not a part of my story. Yeah. That actually never was me. I never was good enough or wasn't good enough. It just wasn't anything. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have to wear either cloak. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you walk around the world, you go, well, like see how many things are tied to that belief, right? And just untie them, undisconnect them, do something to get, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you start going, okay, well, I'm good enough. Like you change that belief. Like I did all of a sudden you can start doing things. You get paid for something you actually like, because you're not so worried about if you add up. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I think this has to do with like, why do you want to do something or not want to do something? you don't feel good enough, you might not want to do it because the, the, the cons outweigh the pros, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you do really want to do it. Right. And maybe you do really want to do it, but your ego, like you're, you're not good enough feeling makes you feel like it would be worse than it could be good. Yeah. You're so attached to the results and the outcomes of it. Um, that it being something of, I don't know, note or whatever the fuck that even means. But (laughs) something of note, (laughs) yeah, something noteworthy in the, you know, the annals of history, make a mark on that one. He was good. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yes, this person existed and they did this and we, and we took note. Yeah. We took note note that they did this. And they're somewhere Um, jammed in some history (laughs) book that no one, no one even reads anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I mean, it's, it, it is so, so much ultimately about, the experience 
of life that we, we want to have. Right. You know, and whether you're going to go about doing it or, or not, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, uh, and yeah, this whole thing of, you know, being good enough, you know, the self self worth and it was, um, uh, you know, you know how much I like to talk about this guy, Dan Millman. Yeah. Uh, except this was not from the laws of spirit. This was from a book called, I believe it was everyday enlightenment. Okay. And the first chapter of his book, and you can read this book actually like almost like a 12, you can do it like a 12 week program. If you want to, it's 12 chapters and like 12 steps kind of thing. And there's like exercises in them. And, um, but the first chapter is about self-worth. Hmm that was like, that's like for him, he's like, this is the first thing that we've, you've kind of got to wrap your head around like in order to come through and like get a deeper understanding. Right. And one of the things that stood out for me in that is it was like self-worth is not something that you can like get. It's not something that is out there. It is something that you just inherently have. Hmm. Like it's something like it's, you're, you're neither more nor less than anybody else. Like it's like self-worth is, is kind of a completely, the way he put it for me, at least the way I interpreted it was that it's like, it's kind of a redundant conversation to have with yourself about, am I worthy enough or not? And it's like, of course you are. (laughs) Like, it's like, there's no, like, you don't get it from something. Like, it's just, it's, you are, yeah, you are good enough. You are good enough. Like it's It's, the whole argument about you being good enough or not is senseless basically. And that was like something that just kind of blew my mind at the time. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like here I was thinking is because it's different than self-esteem. Right. Right. He was, and he kind of gets into that, which is, um, I might have to read that book again. <laughs> it was, it's been a while since I've read through it and it was, I remember that being a, an awesome one. Well, I mean, as you, as you change and grow, you know, and you're, you learn more things that an old thing you read, you didn't have that perspective when you read it that time. Yeah. So, you know, it opens up your mind a lot more while well, you're able to see something you weren't able to see before. Yeah. Know? Especially with like deep books like that. Like, enlightenment in the title. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's probably a few coins of wisdom that not everybody gets on the first read, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I read laws of spirit, I mean, I'm sure there's, I got the lessons, I got the ideas, but there's probably deeper things. If you read it again, you'll go, Oh, like I can see more like what was in there you yeah. know, than I could. Yeah, no, I've, I know I've revisited that <laughs> book. I revisit it probably every couple of years because mm. it's such an easy read too. Cause it's like 112 pages or something. Yeah. Right. And they're like, they're tiny pages as well. Like yeah. they just, but, um, you just, you can just, you could bomb through it in an afternoon totally. really if you wanted to. And the story pulls you along pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it does its job, <laughs> you know? Um, so, okay. So like I, I, we kind of went off on a little bit of thing, but like what I was going to, what I was pointing to is like, not wanting to do certain things and like mm-hmm. having that be okay. Yeah. Like that's not something that like, like maybe there's something you want to do or something you don't want to do. And, and kind of like looking at like, well, why is that a good thing? Like, or, or, you know, like how do I explain this? There's satiative things that you want to do. Like you want to eat a cake or you want to like, you know, drink a bunch of beer, or do something, get drunk. I don't know, whatever. Like, you, you know that that's not really going to build your future, build you into anything like 
that's kind of going to be fun. And that's like a short term thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things where it's like, you know, I'd really like to learn how to play guitar, you know, or I really like playing guitar or whatever it is. And you kind of go like, you enjoy that. So, you know, go towards that thing that you like and trust that. And then there's something else you're doing and you're like, I'm dating this person. I don't really like it. Or, you know, I'm doing this job. I don't really like that. It's like, look at, okay, well, why don't I like that? What, you know, why don't I want to do that? Because if you look closer at it, why are you working the job? See, I can like, and just about, it sounds going to sound silly. This is why I make money from doing stuff that like, I like for the most part Yeah, is that I could do any job and enjoy it because I looked at every job as being something that was directing me towards what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really matter if I was waiting tables or if I was selling shoes, it didn't matter. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I got to keep selling shoes or waiting tables my whole life. That's, that's just small thinking. But if I go, I hate my job. It's like, well, leave your job. You're obviously not getting paid enough to like your job. Yeah. You know, find something else that you, you know, but the thing is, I think that there's this kind of people get stuck. We get stuck in something and we go, well, I have to do it this way. And jobs are hard to find, or I, no one's ever going to pay me to, to do this thing. I like, how do you know? How do you know? Right. How many people, this is what I'm curious about, Evan. How many people do you think have really looked into that? Like they've really yeah. gone out and really done the work to investigate what it would actually take to make money doing something they love. And I'm not just talking about going, well, it says that one in 40 people book an audition every year, blah, 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 whatever. Like that's nonsense. Like that, that's just out there. That's just facts. Everybody's doing, you know, what is it? Why not look beyond what everybody knows and go online? Like, you know, and you know, I did research the other day. I found 61 different ways. I'm not even done doing all my research. Yeah. I found 61 different ways to make money that you don't even have to leave your home for. Yeah. And I just did that in an afternoon of research. How many people have done that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I hadn't, you know, I had maybe done it in certain ways with other things, but now you start looking and go, well, what we, we say we want these things. We'll look into it, do some work, you know, like, what does it take? Like, how long yeah. does it take to be a YouTube star? How long did these people put in? Like, did they just start and they were a YouTube star? I probably not. Probably took them a few years of building something. Mm-hmm. Then something out, it caught on. Yeah. Reach out to them, ask them, try and have a conversation with them. Be persistent. The information's out there. You know, we're, we're doing a podcast right now. We're sharing it with you. Share it with your friends, you know, like get this stuff out here. Yeah. This is how you learn. Right. But people don't ask the question and they get stuck. So like the reason why I bring a lot of this up is because I've been struggling with I know I'm kind of going off a rant here, but I I've been struggling a little with like motivation, wanting to do something, not wanting to do something else, you know, whatever. Mm. Kind of a lot of the time I'm feeling like I'm just being lazy. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And so I've been looking at it and going, okay, why don't you just look at what you actually want to do and stop trying to do things you don't want to do. Just start there. And I start doing that. All of a sudden life becomes really fun and easy and simple. And I'm super motivated and doing lots of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that was such an easy answer. Like, yeah. You know I mean, like, like, of course I don't have motivation. Half the things I fill my day with are stuff I don't actually want to do. So then I change that. And I go, okay, just start doing for this day. Or maybe the next few days, you do a hundred percent of what you want to do. 
Like you don't have to do anything. You don't want to take out the trash. Don't take out the trash. Do, do go do this thing you want to do right now. Just do that a hundred percent. Start to feel that. Yeah. Once you start getting to do what you want to do, it's pretty motivating. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? If every day you go to work, you hate your job. You have to wake up early. You got to drive through traffic. You got to wash the dishes. You got to clean the toilet, slap the kids, go to bed. <laughs> you got to slap the kids. I don't know. Just threw it in there. I wanted it to be <laughs> well, funny at least you was... don't like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> at least you don't like doing it, right? That's my point. So that's good. <laughs> Um, so you do all this and how do you think you're going to be motivated for the next day about doing anything? Your whole day was filled with stuff you don't like to do. Maybe with one little brief moment of something you did. And so I think that's why people are lacking motivation. I think that's why I was lacking. I've, I've had periods of lacking motivation. It's just partly just like not doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. I start playing video games. All of a sudden I got really motivated, started getting other shit done. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. I think cause I started just doing more of what I wanted to do. I don't know. It's like, it sounds so simple, but I really feel like, cause one of our biggest, um, podcast episodes is what to do when you don't feel like doing anything. It's in fact, it's our yeah. highest rated, highest listened to episode. Yeah. What to do when you don't feel like doing anything. And I'd recommend that you guys go listen to it. It's number 11. Yeah. It was an early one. I'm like carrying on that topic because then now we're at 113 or something, right? That was 11. So we've done a hundred plus since then. Um, and I look and I go, well, what to do when I don't feel like doing anything? Yeah. Do what you want to do. What do you want to do? I mean, just turn the question around. What do I want to do? If I could do anything I wanted right now, what would I do? Yes. And this, this has gotten me out of slumps before I just realized like, it's yeah. like, Oh, I want to grab a coffee. Okay. We're going down the street. We're grabbing a coffee or we're getting ice cream, whatever. Yeah. Like if you're really depressed, this is the funny thing though. You're really depressed. Like try to tell me that ice cream wouldn't be like a nice thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like do something that's easy. All of a sudden you did one thing you like, it's going to be a little easier to do something else you want to do and yeah. no interruptions for a little bit of like doing anything you don't want to do. Right. And I'm yeah. not saying like, go do like hard drugs and, and mess yourself up. Yeah. But, you know, like, there's an alternative, right? Yeah. Like you might go, well, I want to go rob this bank. It's like, okay, well, what is the experience I'm trying to get out of rob the bank? I want this excitement exhilaration. Okay. What else can you do? That would be exciting or exhilarating. Yeah. Cause you're not really going to rob the bank. You, you're going for a feeling. Yeah. Right? So that's my spiel. Yeah. And, and I want to launch this conversation into that. I and I think that there's actually a lot, there's a lot that makes sense about that. Even in it's like some simplicity and, there is something that I, I can see as being pretty profound about that. Now I, I've not done a psychological study on this type of thing, <laughs> but I can, I, I can see how just going out and doing something simple that you want to do that maybe might seem like, I think the big part is like our judgment gets involved with it. It's like, Oh, I can't do that. That's like, that's lazy or that's selfish or blah, 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 blah. Right. Any number of these things. But you know, when you are in those states of like, Oh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't feel like doing anything. Well, it's like, well, you can probably find like one little thing, like you said, like going out and it's like, you know what? I just kind of want to go out and grab a coffee, you know, go out and get a good coffee or something, Mm. a real nice one at like, you know, at your favorite place. And it's like, okay, go do it, go and do it. Because that immediately, I mean, it kind of triggers some of those feel good things for you, but it also, I think psychologically, subconsciously, you're just like, okay, I, 
I accomplished this. Something that I wanted to do, yeah. I went and I did it. Right. I went and got out there and I did it. I acquired that thing. It is mine now <laughs> and I've done it. And so, and you start building some momentum off of that, right? And you build more momentum if you do a few things in a row, like three, instead of just one. Because usually for me is I would do one nice thing and then I'd end up doing a bunch of work I didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny too, because the work I didn't want to do, I only didn't want to do it because there was other things that I really wanted to do that I wasn't allowing myself to do. Yeah. So for example, it doesn't have to be video games. I like playing video games. In fact, like I built this TV show that everybody said was not possible. I built that. I played a lot of video games during that time. And I look back and I go, why was I so effective back then? Like what was going on for me? And why was I, I was so motivated. Anybody who knew me knew I was like passionate. Like I slept almost never because I was thinking about how to make this thing work. And I, and I Mm -hmm. loved it. I loved having conversations about it. I loved all the people it brought together. But one of the things is I think that I was really doing what I wanted to do first and keeping that as a priority and then allowing myself that. So I wasn't feeling deprived. Mm -hmm. And then from there going on to doing the next thing I had to do. So if it meant like getting contracts signed, which is kind of like, I mean, let's be honest, that's a sucky job. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go chase people down and call them and you know, whatever, or just get everyone together to like sign a contract. And then they got questions like, I mean, that's not my artist dream. Okay. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't go as a little kid. It's like, I can't wait till everyone wants to question their contract and like look over yeah. this and blah, 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 you know, whatever. And talk to agents that are trying to squeal a deal out of something, right. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, but then when you do the stuff you like, when it comes to doing that work, it's a lot easier because you feel yeah. fulfilled. And things sometimes that that can take shape in, in, in ways that are, like not, you know, cause for some people it might seem like, Oh, well, what, you know, I'm just going to sit around playing like video games all the time. Cause that's what I want to do type of thing. For one, in my experience, like eventually I want to do something else. Yeah. You know, after that I'm like, okay, I'm done doing this. I want to do something else. But I've had that happen. This actually was not that long ago, a few months back or something. And I, um, and I was going to do some writing, you know, I need to work on, on like a, on like a script and I'm like, ah, I don't want to do this right now. Like, I really don't want to do this right now. And it was a, actually a, a moment where it's like, what do I actually even want to do? And I was looking around the house and I was just like, I want to clean this fucking house because <laughs> I am so sick of this yeah. house being like, this house is a mess right now. And I want to clean this house. Yeah. And so I did. I went and I cleaned it cause that was actually what I wanted to do. Right. And once I finished like cleaning the house to a level that was satisfactory to me, I was like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to work on the script. And I like banged out like an hour or two yeah. on it. And I was like, and it was what I wanted to do. That's exactly at that what, moment. That's exactly you know? what I'm it's talking like, about. Like it yeah. just kind of like you, yeah, you just ride that, like that train. A thing in motion is, will stay in motion. I mean, it's physics without friction. A thing in motion will stay in motion. I mean, unless you create some type of friction, nothing's going to stop you. Mm -hmm. For those of you who aren't science nerds, you know, um, having a momentum or having some type of being in motion means that you're moving, you know, and friction is the thing that stops things from moving forward. So what's, what's your friction right now? Sometimes if, if, if you made me do paperwork all day, every day for an entire month, I would probably get pretty annoyed, like 
pretty soon. It probably wouldn't take me a month, but I would be at a certain point to be like, I was doing paperwork all day. I was doing all this stuff. And meanwhile, all I wanted to do was play video games and make films and go hiking and go on dates and hang out with friends and drink some beers. But every single day I had to do a bunch of shit I didn't want to do, which is all this paperwork. I would be like, not motivated either. And the only reason why I'd probably do the paperwork is because I felt like I had to, because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills and I'd be down on the street and some bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so I'm going to like remove the friction, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I think that's what we're talking about. And I think this is a really good podcast episode as I'm seeing it right now is what we're helping people understand and what I'm discovering. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm helping to share some of my perspectives. I don't know. I'm not going to say like, Oh, I know this is the answer, but I think I'm onto something here, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm discovering it as I go. But my point is, is that what I did, and if I look at it as I just removed friction in my life, I built up some good motion, some good momentum, some real speed and power. Mm-hmm. Then when I was in motion, I could put a bunch of friction in front of me because I just bowl over that like nothing. But when you're like moving super slow at something and then all of a sudden you get, yeah. it's harder. That sucks, right? Everybody knows that. Yeah. But when you're moving through life and you're just fucking killing it and some <laughs> little problem gets in your way, you're like, big deal. I'll just fucking sidestep that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'll step over it. But like when you're like, you know, like you and I have talked about this, you know, it's like you're going through this period where you can't get anything to fucking work. Mm. Like nothing is working. The harder you try, it almost seems like the worse it gets. Yeah. And then, you know, what I'm kind of realizing is like, okay, well, if it's not working, stop doing what you're doing and go do something else that you want to do that does work. Yeah. So you get yourself moving, then come back to this thing now that you're moving and you feel good. Yeah. Right. It's like, I think yeah, it's important. It really can be when you're in that state of like, you know, it's, it's like when you get really like frustrated or angry and you're like in the middle of doing a task and suddenly it's like, that's when bad shit starts happening. You know, plate gets broken or a finger gets cut or, yeah. <laughs> you know, something like, you know, I don't know. You could think of any number of things, but your, your, um, your precision just drops because of your your emotion, mm-hmm. you know, like where you're at. And it's like trying to put a square peg through a round hole, right? You're just like, you're like, in there! like <laughs> and it's like it, when you're at that state, it's like, go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Take a walk, like step away. Like, come on. Like what's, what's the, what's the point in doing this? If there's going to be absolutely no enjoyment right. in it whatsoever. Yeah. Right. And I think that you know, we, um, I think that to a degree we, we, I don't know what the right word is for it. Like not necessarily worship, but we'll use that word for now. But like we worship the grind Mm. a lot, you know, like we, we really hold it up on this mantle piece where it's just like, man, this guy, he fucking hates what he's doing. And, but he's doing it, man. Like, he's just like, he's going in day in, day out. He hates his life. He hates the people around him. And he's like swearing at everyone in traffic, but man, he's making it happen. It's like, Oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah. You know, but we, we kind of have this mentality of just saying like, yeah, man, that's what you gotta, that's what you gotta do. It's like, for what? Yeah. Like what's like, what is the, what is the end game that we're going, going for here? Right? Like that's usually celebrated in a way, maybe that, there we go. That's the word I wanted was celebrate. We celebrate that kind of shit. Mm. We celebrate the grind. Right. Um, and you know, like I'm all for, you know, 
overcoming the odds and overcoming, you know, I'm, I think it's a great thing to do, but it's doing it for the right reasons, you know, like being connected to why you're doing it in, in the first place. Yeah. And so often I think when that grind thing is like, we look at it upon it with such reverence is it usually comes down to money. You know, like people are just putting themselves through all kinds of hell to make some kind of a giant paycheck of some mm-hmm. kind. Um, yeah, you could be putting yourself through that time, but you can like it. You don't have to be, yeah. you know, the whole idea that we aren't able to like what we do. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. You know, some people are going to come from like, a, say, third world or say second world type of country. Um, some people are going to come from places that are, you know, it's just not that the opportunity is scarce. It's not distributed fairly. There's racism, there's sexism. There's all these reasons to go, well, it's not fair because of blah, blah, blah. It's easy for you to say because of blah, blah, blah. Well, I think the thing is, is you got to look at it. You know, everything is relative to where, to where you're at. And like, you know, I look, I look at people, I know many millionaires, multiple millionaires, um, you know, and maybe even some people are even like, you know, bigger than that. But I, you know, everybody has a struggle. That's the thing that people don't realize. Like people think that money actually solves a lot of problems. Okay. Well, well, look, when I was a kid, we had a lot of money. And then later on, when I was a teenager, we had like no money. Uh, I went through both sides of it. And I will tell you that the struggles that really matter are pretty much the same, regardless of the economic situation. And I know it looks different, but they're relatively the same because the funny thing is, is like my parents were split when we lost everything. We didn't have a lot of money. I had to pay for most stuff myself. I I missed out on things I wanted to do. You know, it was was tough. Meanwhile, before I got to do everything, anything I wanted, anything. Yeah. You want to fucking go travel here? You want to go do this? You want whatever, anything you want. You want new shoes, new clothes, new shirts, new toys. You want to eat this food as opposed to this food. You get to do it. That was, you know, and that you tell anybody that they go, that sounds amazing. Well, there's something amazing about it. Don't get me wrong. There's something really great about it. But you know, actually one of the happiest times for me in many ways was also just being like 16, 17, hanging out with my dad in a trailer park. Cause we never really even seen each other. Yeah. And we're making food together, which we never really did, you know, when I was younger and we're just, we're doing it. And, you know, uh, he helped me buy my first piece of shit car, which broke down in 15 minutes. And we drove that together. Yeah. You know, and it's all this weird little shit. And you think my brothers got to drive like the Porsche around. They got to drive, you know, all the nice cars. I got to drive this shitty Buick Skyhawk that died in 15 minutes. Cause <laughs> it was just a piece of junk. <laughs> and then, you know, to get something else. But anyway, that's, that was an early memory with like, yeah, earliest, but an early memory with me and my dad. And you think like, that sounds like shit but that was fun. That was like, yeah. that, you, you think, and that's a problem. I mean, okay, your first car doesn't work, right? Like yeah. there's a problem there. But what's really funny about the whole thing is that there's this cool perspective and I'm trying to change it to myself, but it's like that money somehow is going to make everything better. It's like, yeah, no, it's, it's all about how you see in your life. And you know? it's all kind of, yeah, the, all that kind of stuff is always a, a pretty superficial. Right. Know, it's like, you know, like it's, you know, the house, you know, like what, what is a house really? You know, it's like, it's a place that protects you from the elements. It's where you, 
you know, you go to sleep at night, you worry like this, it doesn't really change a lot of what's going on within the house, you know, which is relationships and connections. Like that's the stuff that actually matters. So it's like the struggles are all still pretty much the same. I mean, that seems pretty obvious to me. Like, yeah, just because you've got, you maybe you could have like whatever shoes you want or a brand new wardrobe. Well, I mean, still going in to school the next day, hoping that, you know, maybe that girl or that, that guy's like, will will notice you in the hallway today. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, it's just like, it's, it's all kind of, it's all kind of, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I mean, like we do like, we, we, I mean, I can say personally, like, I like it when life feels easy in the sense that it all kind of works out and it's like, you know, it just kind of has a certain kind of flow to it that almost seems like you didn't have to put a lot of effort and it just works. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I like that. And I think we can all appreciate when life works that way. I think what's more interesting is like in the times when things aren't working out so easy, when the things where it's a bit of a struggle and you know, you're not motivated and you feel like you should be doing something, but you don't want to do it. And you're in, you know, maybe feeling a sense of loss. You know, I'm talking about that time. That's a more mm-hmm. interesting time. Cause like, you know, and I, I, I don't want to sound arrogant. Cause like, I just feel it's an important thing to say. Like when I had money, it was nice, but I wasn't exactly finding out a lot about myself. I wasn't exactly mm. building a lot of relationship. I mean, if you, have something and it breaks and you just have the money to get a new one. You just get a new one, right? Why, you know, if you and sell yeah. the old one, whatever, it doesn't matter. If, if money isn't really an issue, who gives a shit? But then you never really build a relationship with the character of that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I have, uh, I have some older things that, you know, they get banged up, you know, my guitar, got like some, it's got some banged up, you know, it's been around. Yeah. A lot of people have played it. I've had it since I was like 12 years old. You know, it's been, it's been around. It's been in a lot of hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it has a certain kind of like relationship. It has seen a lot of life. It's just a thing. Of course I've made this all up, you know, I've yeah. made my emotional meaning to it, but there was a time where I almost sold that guitar because someone was going to give me a thousand dollars for it. You know, yeah. Fender Strat, black, you know, yeah, American made American made. Yeah. You know, and they were going to give me a thousand. They probably wouldn't even gave me more. I was struggling. Didn't have much money in my life at all. Considered selling it. I could have made myself right out of that situation. And I said, no, I don't want to sell this guitar. This guitar is going to be with me for my life. It's yeah. it, me and this guitar. And I know this might sound silly. Sell the fucking guitar. It's just a thing. But this is what happens when you don't have a lot relationship is more important than what you can get in the world. Mm-hmm. So money doesn't matter anymore. The guitar is like a family member. You're not going to sell, well, maybe some people will, but you're not going to sell off something you care about yeah. or someone you care about just for anything, even if it is a better than you could probably get otherwise at mm-hmm. the price. So I, I, this is what I'm kind of talking about is like, okay, I, I'm bridging from this, what to do when you don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay you don't have the relationship to want to do it. That's the problem. You need to have, you need to start with a relationship that you already have one you like work from that, build strength with that, then move over and start to expand. You know, have you ever tried to hang out with someone for a day that you didn't like, 
you couldn't stand. They're just super annoying. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. good way to test yourself to see what you're capable of, how much patience and tolerance you have. Yeah. But that's not how I want to spend every day. Okay. Let's say you did it for one day. You go, oh, I did it. You know, let's say you did it for a week. Let's say you did it for a month. Let's say you did it for five years. Every single day you hang out with this person you don't like, they annoy you and they just get under your skin. Maybe they're mean. Maybe they're a bully. Maybe they're just the, whatever you think would be the most annoying thing. Yeah. And you live with that every day. How motivated are you going to be to get up and hang out with this person? right? Yeah. Probably not a lot. So of course, why are we not motivated? We're not motivated because we make our life kind of like that relationship. Whereas you could just go like, if I could just pick which you can, who I want to hang out with, what I want to do, why am I not doing that? That's where I think the motivation is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting how much, you know, you're making me very much aware of how much we make our lives a drag. Yeah. This is what I'm discovering. Like how much we actually do that. And I think a big part of that, you know, is, and you know, we talk so much on the show about reprogramming ourselves, you know, like rewiring how we think, how we see, um, you know, that's a huge, I, I, I quoted this person. I should actually find out, but you know, it wouldn't be me if I, if I didn't remember (laughs) the name in Adventism. Uh, yeah. Um, but this, this artist who's like a famous artist in their own right. And was like the, the head of this art school. And, and he had said, he's like, I don't teach people to paint. I teach, I teach people to see differently. Mm. Right. And that's so much. I think of what artistry is about is learning to see in a different, in a different way in order to express something that gets to the core of it, to the heart of people. Like right. that's, ideally that's where heart or sorry, where art lies. Right. right? That's funny. Yeah. Heart, heart, <laughs> heart, art. Uh, sure. Nobody's done that one before. Um, <laughs> it's the first time on the VA yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, we figured that out right yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, it, it needs to, to communicate something. It needs to go into something. That means that we need to be on intimate terms with ourselves and, and with life to an extent, you know, to a broad spectrum of things. And, uh, I don't know if this, what this exactly, how it got into this, but basically what I wanted to say in terms of, of where we're going with this is that, yeah, we make so much of what we do a drag and, I think that that has a lot to do with pressures external to us that we feel, you know, all the, the kind of bullshit about, you know, Oh, it's, it's gotta be hard. You've gotta be basically unhappy to be actually working. Yeah. You know, it is a weird sort of actual thing that's in the subconscious, especially in the Western world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, like, what do you mean you're not working or what do you mean you're not like, you know, we have these ideas of what a job is supposed to look like and how you're supposed to do things. But I mean, if anything that us millennials should know by this point is like looking at, you know, our parents' generation to a large degree who are extraordinarily unhappy with so many things, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the lives they've gone and, and lived in terms of committing your life to a lot of them, at least, committing to a life that they didn't really want per se, or a career that they didn't really want per se, but 
you know, it, it maybe got them certain things like, you know, you got a house and you got a car and you had yeah. a sick, stable career and you were able maybe to like commit to family and that sort of thing. You know, I'm, it's not, I'm not saying it was all a bunch of bullshit, but I have noticed a lot of sort of like baby boomers and stuff like that who, um, have a lot of unfulfilled dreams, right? A lot, you know, who never really went for it. Um, and so we have to question why we would want to continue with some of these ways of thinking Mm -hmm. and, and ways of working and doing things. Um, well, you know, I think like there's, I mean, I don't think everybody should just be like, okay, like, well, what, no, like people should work. People still got to work. We're trying to uphold the whole system. I mean, the reason why art exists is because certain people do certain jobs and whatever, and maybe like things aren't done the most efficiently or effective or whatever. It doesn't really matter, but the job's getting done for the most part. And so we have people that are doing various tasks. I don't, I don't think right now we've earned a place where all of us can just stop doing the jobs that need to get done and we can all just live our dream and everybody be happy. Um, I think the thing is, is that it's a process right now. We're in a time that not everybody is listening to this podcast. Like not everybody's listening to it going, Oh yeah, let's all just start doing that now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if everybody was listening, they could all just go, okay, everybody start doing that. And then what we're going to run into the first problem is like, everybody quits their jobs tomorrow. You know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever the next week or month or whatever. And everybody's just like, fuck it. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm mm-hmm. do whatever. And that would be a problem. So it's going to take time. It's going to take a transition, but we have the technology is moving so damn fast yeah. that that's where we want to head. Now it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't always getting paid for screenplays. You know, I wrote a lot of scripts before I ever got paid. Some of the stuff you're just going to put in time. You're not going to get paid for it. You're maybe not going to get recognized for it, but you're going to plant the seeds. You're going to build the skill. You're going to do the thing. And in a few years time, if you stay proficient at it, you stay doing it. There will be opportunities that will open up for you. But if everybody just started tomorrow, for example, everybody goes, I want to be an actor and everybody tomorrow starts. There's not enough projects being made right now for everybody to get a role, even yeah. if you are the best. And let's just say a billion people started, you know, this is <laughs> what, like one seventh or something at this yeah. point. So one seventh of people started. I mean, even if a million of them were unbelievably, naturally, amazingly talented actors, even a hundred thousand of them, they're not all going to get roles because the problem is there's not even enough being produced to make that happen. So it leads you to the next issue. You go, well, I want to be an actor. So instead of just auditioning, I might have to actually produce something. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Okay. I can't produce. Well, okay. I need to make some money. Okay. So I'm going to get a job as a waiter or do this thing or whatever I'm doing. And I'm going to make some money. I'm going to put this money aside as I build so I can create to do the film, to be the actor, to go the path that is a little, maybe less traveled, not Mm -hmm. so obvious, you know, because everybody else is doing the auditioning. I'm going to try something else. And the thing is, is you just look at it, you go, maybe there's more than one step to getting to where you want to be. It's like, you don't just get to show up and say, I want to be an actor, pay me now. You might have to, you might have to find some different ways. And there might be several steps that need to occur before you become a paid actor Mm -hmm. and maybe more than seven. 
but everything is like that. You know what I mean? And if we always knock on the front door and we say, that's the only way in, sometimes the front door is not going to open for you. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to go through a side door or back door, or you're going to have to figure out how to get up high and coming down the roof. I don't know what you got to do. Maybe you're coming through a window. You know what you I'm know? saying? Exactly. You think outside the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People go, whoa, where'd you come from? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but my point is, is that, you know, you, you want to do these things. You look at, well, what's the step I got to do right now? If you see that step is getting you closer to what you want to do, it becomes an enjoyable step because you go, yeah. okay, this is what actually gets me there. Like when I feel, this is my last thing I'm going to say, when I feel that what I'm doing will actually work, I am so motivated. Yeah. When I don't know if it will work, so demotivated, you know, yeah. so unmotivated, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which kind of goes back into that thing of like, sometimes just doing that simple thing that you want to do that you know is achievable. That you know is achievable. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you know, doing something. Sometimes I find that like, just like cooking a nice meal or I'll bake something, right. you know, I'm like, I don't do that very often, <laughs> but sometimes there's just something so fucking rewarding about just doing something like that where you're just like, yeah, I made it and boom, there it is. Like yeah. you can, you can see something and then that just creates a little bit of momentum. It's just like gives, gives you a little hit in your psyche of having done something. You right? know what I, you know what I really like about what you're pointing out too, is cause you were working on writing a script and you said earlier you wanted to clean the house. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's that honest kind of doing what you really want to do. Like sometimes you're going to want to go, I want to go see a movie. I want to have ice cream. I want to play video games. Sometimes going to be a nice little one like that. Yeah. It doesn't seem super productive. Sometimes it's going to be like, no, the dishes are a mess right now. They need to be cleaned. I want them clean. And so it's actually kind of a work quote unquote thing, Yeah. but it's, it's productive. And that's yeah. kind of, sometimes you want to do something productive, but that's an example of actually getting forward movement, but doing it cause you like it yeah. doing it cause you feel the need to get it done. And yeah. the, th- the thing is that still like that uh, comes up to me in a lot of this, which is going to be the biggest obstacle to some of these things is going to have to do with guilt. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent is going to have to do with guilt. You know, we feel so guilty for doing things that we want to do. You know, it's like, I really just want to like play some video games for like an hour or two, Yeah. you know? And it's like, but then we'll go, it's like, ah, oh, but you know, like that's not being productive. I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And it's like, no, maybe the thing you should be doing is sitting down and playing some video games for two hours. Maybe the, the reason why you want to do that right now is because that's what you need. Mm. You know, that's like part of you. That's actually like you, you just need to do this thing. You need to have this moment of doing this activity because that is, that's just what you need right now. And that's why you want to do it. Yeah. And then you do it and you go, okay, I did that. And now I feel like doing something else. Now I feel like doing that quote unquote productive thing, but you never would have got to that productive state. Had you not listened to this other thing. Mm. Right. Can I share something about this guilt thing? Yeah. So, um, twice, uh, I think it was a week or two ago. I, I, well, I didn't, I, I rescheduled one. I kind of rescheduled the other two, but two meetings with writers that one that's a development project and the other ones, it's a consultation. I moved our meetings, um, because I wanted to play video games. And I know this sounds kind of crazy and kind of weird, but this is kind of where the shift really like started to occur. And it only kind of took me until like recently where I realized what I had done, what had worked. Like I Mm -hmm. did the action 
unconsciously at the time, but I knew, I knew the principle that here's the thing that I knew. Mm-hmm. And I told this to the writer I've been, you know, doing the development. I said, right now I need to indulge this thing I want right now. I want to do this thing. And I know that it's going to pay off because I will have honored something I wanted to do. And it didn't necessarily, it didn't in a certain ways, like instantaneously kind of paid off, but it didn't like do the whole job. But why this is what I realized recently why it didn't. It's because I did something I really wanted to do. But then I started guilting myself Mm. about how doing it, well, you can, you're bullshit. Like you, you don't really, you know, this is bad. This is bad. You're doing this because you should really be doing this work. And I kind of, I had this like kind of dialogue going on a little bit inside me. It wasn't quite that blunt at me, but it's, you know, you're kind of thinking this, right? Yeah. And I'm realizing like, I'm guilting myself into taking free time to taking time for me to do what I want. So here's the thing. I did this exercise just, this is the recent thing. And I wrote out, okay, if money wasn't an issue, money, if you had all the money you needed in access or whatever, what would you do? And I literally just started writing out a list of all the things I would do. I'm like, I'd go hiking, I'd date, I'd see movies with friends, I'd have beers, I'd go out for food. I'd, you know, I'd travel and just like, I'd play video games, I'd do this, I'd make some movies. I started to like, just list off and spew all these things I would do. And then immediately the question was, well, why are you not living like that? Why are you not doing those things? Why are those not like where you're putting your energy? And so I start doing that. All of a sudden I get connected again and feel motivated. And it means putting work aside for a short period of time to do a lot of what I want. And then I've done enough what I want. You kind of, I kind of felt fulfilled and I'm like, okay, I can start doing some stuff that maybe is not so fun anymore. Yeah. Cause I feel good now. I feel, yeah. I feel momentum. I feel capable of getting shit done. And I also yeah. felt like I was honoring me, like my voice of what I wanted mattered. Mm-hmm. Cause as a little kid, I, you know, I remember a lot of the times like, I want to do this. It's like, well, no, we're doing this. It's like, no, we're doing this. No, we're doing this. So, you know, how much of my life have I spent really just going, this is what I want to do. I don't have to ask permission from my girlfriend or wife or fiance or whoever. I don't have to ask it from my parents. I don't have to ask it from my brothers, my friends. Yeah. I'm just literally going to do what I truly want to do. And not only am I not going to just do it once, I'm going to do it several times over and over again. Yeah. And then you get in that experience and all of a sudden I go, well, you know what? This little voice, I was guilt and quiet down. Yeah. It's important to give yourself that kind of time. I think we just so undervalue giving ourselves that time. Um, and again, we guilt ourselves out of not giving ourselves that time. And then we're just begrudgingly going through our lives and the things that we're, we're choosing to do instead, you know, and that's not a good way of, of working through things. Like it's not, this isn't about being lazy. This isn't about procrastinating. This isn't about not having discipline in your life you know, these are all having discipline in your life and and having goals and dreams. We need to have these things. Like it's so crucial that we have these things Mm -hmm. and we're connected to what we want to do. But sometimes when you're not giving yourself space to just fucking not like, cause you can't be doing, even if it's something you love to do, you can't just be doing that all the time. Yeah. You can't just be doing that. It becomes so monotonous and, and like we said on the show and what my mentor said, he's like, art doesn't fuel art or he had said acting doesn't fuel your acting. 
life fuels your acting life fuels your art and you need to participate in those like in your own life yeah and sometimes that means just doing some things that you just want to do even if it seems like it's might be kind of lazy or unproductive because we are not just machines to do work all the time no we're meant to enjoy life. We're meant to enjoy things. I mean, that's why we have taste buds and we have ears, you know, and we have well, eyes we're to like experience. Yeah. Like yeah. we're, we're, we're these beings that are full of these senses to experience things. And we shut ourselves off from experiencing things out of a sense of yeah, a misplaced sense of like where of obligation. Right. And it's like, and that's not to say that you're giving up on on a lot of these things. It's like, you, you know, you've got this script that you really want to write, but the thing is, if you don't give yourself time to go and, and, you know, go out to a movie by yourself or something like that, because that's what you want to do. You just want to go and catch a matinee that afternoon. You don't, you are like, fuck it. I don't feel like doing this. It's not because you don't actually want to write that, that story. It's just like right now you really don't want to write this story mm-hmm. right now. You don't. Yeah. Right now you don't later you will. Yeah. You know, sometimes like you just, you just need to let yourself let go a little bit. Right. You know, I don't know. No, I it's think a tricky, you do. I think a, you do know. I think you're, you're, you're pointing on your point, but it is a, it is kind of a tricky thing though, too, because I, I'm also, I believe in, in a certain sense of discipline as well, you know, in, committing to doing something, to creating a practice for doing something. I agree. Um, I mean, I think discipline should be there, but I think discipline is just a bigger picture desire. Like mm -hmm. when you're, when you're clear on what you're actually doing in the big picture, you'll have the discipline today because Mm -hmm. you see that it's getting you closer. I mean, you know, I had this with like working out. It's like, you know, I got myself, I got myself to pretty much pretty fit to the point where people were like, yeah, you can model, you know, do this thing if you want but I wanted to get myself to that, that physical point, you know? And I mean, it's something that, you know, as I've done it now, I go, okay, it's more doable. Once you do it and you go, I can actually take it further. But, um, it's a discipline, you know, you work out every day or every other day or a few times every week or however you structure it. But I remember a lot of the time those motive those, uh, I mean, workouts were super motivated. Mm-hmm. And they were motivated, but they were painful and they were hard. We were doing squats and lunges and all sorts of heavy stuff that, you know, with weights that you just like, you just want to die a little, (laughs) uh, but you're doing it. I'm doing it. And I'm like, I'm loving it because I'm seeing where it's getting me. And that's like hard work, but I've changed the relationship to it. And I think that like right now, you know, I'm not working out as much as I was there. I was on a real good fitness plan. The idea of working out for me right now seems like actually kind of hard and difficult. Meanwhile, you would have talked to me several months ago. I was in the gym like every other day and I was loving it. I scheduled my day around it. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes that's just about getting started. I don't have a lot of momentum with the physical side of my goals at the moment. So I'm not like, not necessarily... So I, I don't just get to go to the gym tomorrow and be like, okay, I'm going to do the workouts I finished with. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I'll build my way there. You know, I mean, over just a few months, I put on like 10 pounds of muscle. I think I actually put on 15, almost 20 pounds of muscle. If you total it up over this several months. Yeah. And that's a shitload of weight. Mm-hmm. And I was strong and I was benching like, it doesn't matter, but I was benching way more than my weight, like my weight and a half kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And so 
that was kind of exhilarating, you know, and then you start to see the effects of your momentum and then that just motivation more, um, you know, and so I think this is the thing. We just got to create momentum. I mean, I shared this in the last podcast that we did, the one we're referring to number 11, which is what to do when you don't feel like doing anything. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it, but my a friend of mine said to me once, I said, you know, I'm super unmotivated. This was several years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he said, well, no, you're not. You're actually super motivated. I'm like, no, I'm super unmotivated. I guarantee it. And he's like, well, what do you want to do right now? Or what are you doing right now? It's like, well, I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. He's like, well, you're super motivated to watch TV and sit on the couch or whatever he put it. Yeah. I was like, that's actually true. <laughs> it was like, holy shit, I'm really motivated right now. I'm just motivated towards something that I don't attribute motivation with. Yeah but I'm very motivated to sit here, relax and watch TV. And so that made me think I can direct my motivation. My motivation doesn't go away. It's always there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this makes me brings up another, I think an extraordinarily valuable point is to really fully allow yourself to do the the thing that you're doing. Right. Because this is also a huge piece of this puzzle is because if you're, sitting on the couch watching TV, but while you're sitting there watching TV on the couch, you're sitting there and you know, you're distracted, you're on your phone, you're answering an email and you're thinking about how you should be doing something else. Like for when there's that guilt thing that's coming back into place. But I mean, you're not, then you're not actually really watching TV, which was what you were motivated to do mm-hmm. was like, this is all I want. It's like, you know, if you're going to sit on the couch and watch TV, then sit on the fucking couch and watch TV watch the fuck out of that TV and yeah. you enjoy that shit. Yeah. Get some chips, get some like whatever the fuck you want, like enjoy it. Like, but really do it really allow yourself to have the experience of sitting on the couch and doing it. Cause sometimes you just need to do that. Yeah right? Like there's no judgment about it, but we judge ourselves for that. And when you actually really allow yourself to, when you really give yourself the time to do that, then there's not this weird foreboding shame <laughs> that's like lurking around you, you know, cause you actually let yourself do that. You let yourself truly focus and commit and enjoy mm. doing this, this thing. And then you're better able to do other things. You know, I really like, like where you're pointing out, I mean, guilt hides in the multitasking. Oh yeah. That's where yeah. it hides man. it hides in the multitasking. It hides in the, I'm sitting here, I'm playing video games. I'm really enjoying myself. I'm loving the video game. It's what I wanted to do, yeah. but I should be working right now. Oh man, I should be responsible. And this whole shit's going on. Yeah. And every little more that you allow those thoughts of guilt and whatever come in you're like, well, maybe, you know, I'll check my phone a little here. I'll do this. And you're not really playing the game. Yeah. You know, and that's the, that's the thing. I think that's the missing nugget is that if you go and do this exercise, you go oh, and build me a momentum. I'm still not motivated. It's like, you have to do all of those things. 100%. Yeah. They're all that, all what you want and don't feel one iota bad. And if you still feel bad about doing it, you got to do something else that you want to do afterwards. Yeah. Cause you got to do something until the point where you go, I don't give a shit about what this other thing that I think I should be doing, I'm doing this and I love it. Yeah. And then you'll come out of that and you'll feel that vigor of actually fully doing something you like. And, and, and this, I don't know if it's the sense memory yeah. of just being an experience of joy. 
you can take that a lot more accessible. Like, I believe everybody's, this is just my theory, and maybe some people don't agree with me, but I believe everybody, at least in North America, 99% of people are depressed, Mm. but we don't know it. And we're repressed and we're depressed. And so we're not fully going out expressing ourselves. Yeah. And so we, you know, for those of us who are in a place of joy are probably experiencing some sense of fully, fully actually expressing ourselves. And those who aren't are not. And that's why a lot of us are depressed. And scientists and like neurologists, they've been discovering and they've been getting the the whole concept of flow. Yeah. Um, which was, uh, it was first presented by a guy named Mikhail. Uh, I believe his last name is Chick sent me high. It's, it's a weird, yeah, it's it's a really, (laughs) I, I may have mispronounced that. It's, it's a kind of a strange name, but he was the guy who introduced this, this concept of flow and flow state, which is like when we're in this place of complete and utter focus, 100%. And it's in these moments where we do our best work and it's effortless. Mm. You know, it's like when you watch, um, athletes and they just have that night where they're just like, everything is just seems to be so effortless. They are in a flow state. Yeah. Like it's, it's where, and they they're studying this now more and more because there is something to this whole thing that's going on. And it has to do with when like your attention is, but your brain is working in a certain way where like you're, everything is almost subconscious mm. at that point. You are like doing, you're performing conscious action, but from like a completely different part of your brain mm. that works at a much more fast and efficient rate than your actual conscious mind works. It's pretty wild stuff. Um, yeah, no, I get that. It's like speaking through you, but it's this whole thing of there is this thing where like time kind of disappears and your focus is completely on this thing. And it's this state and also the emotional state they say is something very bizarre as well, Mm. because it's not like you're just like super like happy or anything. Yeah. And you're not like down about anything, but it is kind of, um, a positive emotional state that you're in Yeah. when you're in this state. And I feel like, and, and so it stands to reason. And I think also why, you know, so many people are so unhappy is Again, my man, Larry Silverberg, he told us in class, like people are in this thing that I call continuous partial attention, where we're never really a hundred percent doing anything. Mm. We're kind of doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of this. Right. And his argument was, and especially for actors, you know, as he's trying to teach them these concepts, it's like, if you're not a hundred percent doing something, then you're not really doing anything. Right. And when you're in that place of you're not really doing anything, man, that just, I think that that just plays such havoc on your mind and your emotions because I, that's when the boredom creeps in. That's where the, you know, the demotivation I think creeps in because you're just, yeah, you're not really doing anything. You've like almost put yourself in a kind of limbo you know, like even when it's like, like we said, it's playing video games or watching TV, something mundane. It's like really do it. 
Like, just really watch the show that you're watching. Put your phone away. Yeah. You know, put everything else away and really fully engage with this thing. Right. And then the next thing you do, really fully engage with that thing. Mm. But you know, this multitasking thing too is like, we can multitask with the past. Mm. And and this is like, you know, you're talking about, and I do this one and I'm, I'm, I'm catching myself more, you know, and I usually find that I feel very unfulfilled and kind of unsettled, like not incomplete kind of when I'm multitasking, like we've been talking about yeah. watching TV, but really kind of worrying about work. It's like, just do work or do TV, yeah. whatever you want to do, but do one or the other, or just go for a hike. Cause fuck it. <laughs> fuck both of them. Yeah. But do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but then there's the other one that I've been battling with, which is I, 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 uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of personal growth work because I'm working through a few things right now. And it's been this really great shift for me. I think it's, it's turning me into the artist and entre- entrepreneur that I've always wanted to be. But, um, I realized I'm like, okay, well, you know, I might not just multitasking. The next thing that came up was like, I'm playing with the past and the future a lot. Mm. And I'm basically creating doubts about the future and, and basically guilt about the past. You know, yeah. that's what I'm doing. And so I said, well, what if I was like born again, like I'm born today, you know, born again, Christian, yeah. <laughs> whatever, born again. So I was born again and I started, I just have to say it. I'm yeah. Like, it's too funny. Yeah. Um, but I started today, clean slate. This is my life. Everything in the past. I didn't even remember. It's just irrelevant. I might be told though, okay, this, you owe this money to this person. It doesn't really matter what for you just owe this amount to this person. You owe this amount here and here and here. No story attached. Just, this is the number mm. you owe. So the, de- the debts don't go away or whatever effects that have occurred. This person doesn't like you. You don't really know why they don't like you, but they just don't like you. Yeah. You know, maybe they didn't like you cause they didn't like the way you looked. Maybe they didn't like you cause you slept with their girlfriend, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, no, not that I did that, but, um, you know, so there's some reason they don't like you, you know? Yeah. I seriously didn't do that, but it sounds like I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to be Maybe funny. you, uh, maybe you know. slept with the girlfriend, girlfriend, you know, <laughs> and maybe they were engaged to be married. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> um, drama. No, just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, so the point is, is that you, if I started my life today as though nothing that any of the effects I was feeling of the past had no story attached to them. Yeah. I was just basically, I started my life right here. I still had all the knowledge and wisdom and, and intelligence I have. I wasn't like a kid. Yeah. Okay. So then I said, well, what would my life be like? And I said, well, I wouldn't really think about this event that happened in my life. I wouldn't really worry about that. And I, and I just, and I wouldn't actually tie my identity to this relationship and how that worked out. And then I thought, okay, well now I'm free of the past and I can just do my life. This is exciting. And I thought about, well, what, what about these things in the future I've been projecting? And I went, well, you don't have this past story to say like, Hey, like, you know, it won't work out over here or this is going to be hard. You would just be like, I'm curious about that. I want to know. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe these things I think I know in the future, I don't actually know. And I can just be curious about them. Yeah. And I realized that my multitasking of being in the future or being in the past and talking and thinking about these stories, not talking, but thinking about them and letting them run. Yeah. I'm not fully being present right now. And so this is kind of the exercise I'm practicing now. It's kind of a meditation really. Yeah. where I just go, the future and the past are like irrelevant. The stories don't matter. What is right. And it's really yeah. cool, man. I no, guess. It is, and yeah. it's funny because some of these words that you're, you're using is exactly these things were running through my head as you were saying, it's like, because it is a meditation Yeah. because really meditation is paying attention. You know, like when, like with a general rule of 
if we're going to go specifically as a meditation practice, I mean, it's really about being present. Um, and like putting your attention, it's usually on something like the breath Mm. is usually the first thing. It's like you, and you notice the sensation of, you know, maybe where you notice your breath coming in, maybe you, you, the first thing that you notice is how it feels like in your chest or in your stomach or something, you feel it there. Or maybe it's, um, a lot of people put the focus on like the spot, like right at the end of their nostril, right. Where you can feel like the, the cold air mm. coming in and then the warm air going out and you put your focus cool. specifically on something like that. And you just sort of let the thoughts go without attachment, but it's really about a grounding thing in the present and hundred percent focus. And the thing is, is meditation can take form in almost anything. And that's mm. what I think this flow state kind of thing is. It is a meditation on what you're doing where you have a hundred percent focus on the present, what's happening. You know, that, that, that's an amazing thing. Cause I've never really looked at meditation like that. I've always looked at meditation as like, I mean, it kind of was like that, but I looked at it as like, it could only really be done with me sitting in my room silent and alone. And as you were saying that, I'm like, no, I've been in a meditative state, but I've been in public or like playing a sport. Yeah. And all of a sudden I fall into this. I don't even know if that's the right word fall into, but I, I transition into this meditative state. And I've done this in hockey where, you know, I remember I broke down over the blue line. There was four defensemen. It was stupid. Like, why would the, why would you break in and go right towards the four defensemen? And I literally went through and stick handled around every single one of them and the goalie and scored. It was like pretty much one of the most amazing goals I've ever scored. And everybody was like, Whoa, they all come pat me on the back. But I remember when it happened, it was really bizarre to me. I remember just being super flow, like super on the zone. Yeah. And all I remember was just being like, they're going to move their stick and you're going to see it and you'll just move. Like it was like, it wasn't like I was having that conversation, yeah. but I'd see the guy move his stick. I just move mine away. And the other guy would move his, I'd move it away. I moved it away. And it was like all my practice. I mean, granted I was really practiced. I yeah. was literally, I was someone who would come home from school and practice stick handling in my garage for like hours, just doing that over and over, you know, just around my legs and whatever. So I got really good at that. Mm-hmm. And I was a pretty good skater because I played every single, you know, every single day. I mean, that's all I did. And then homework, uh, I went through this period when my parents got split. I mean, I was like, I was dedicated and, you know, uh, more than ever. But anyway, it was where all that work had kind of come into play all of a sudden. And it was really bizarre because I remember going through this experience and as I was doing it, even, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. What's happening right now. Yeah. Like, like don't ever stop. Like, and it wasn't even, it was more, I scored the goal even, but it was like, it wasn't even about the goal. It was yeah. like, this is incredible. I was like stick handling going, this oh, yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And like the, and the zone, I <laughs> yeah. think that's what it, it's this, that's the same thing. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. Like you're in the zone. It's like, you are so, you are so focused and so present. And it really is like, like your like past and future, like time, like seems to just evaporate. Yeah. You have no sense of past or future right? going on in these states of mind. And I'm sure most of us can probably think about a time when we're like, Oh yeah, I remember, you know, some event because I've had that experience multiple times in acting and playing sports and so like these things where it's just like, you are just fucking dialed in to something and it just feels effortless. Yeah. Like it's just like, 
you're like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing nothing and it's almost like things are moving in slow motion. So listen to this. So last night this happened when I was playing live stream video games yeah. with everybody. We're playing ghost. I broke into this base and everybody was fast traveling over to me. So no one was there yet. And you basically hit this one base and you have to kill the pilot. If you don't kill the pilot, um, the, he flies away and the whole mission gets botched. Yeah. So you have to get him right. That's like really priority. And I just, and usually you go and you try and sneak around, you put silencers on your gun and you snipe guys from afar, limit down the squad until they're small enough where you can maybe go in and get the last guy. Right. If you can snipe everyone even easier, but usually you can't cause it's like there's obstacles. Anyway, I'm just like silencer off. I walk in with my little assault rifle and I took out like every single guy except one, right? Took out every single guy, but he was so far away. It didn't really matter. And then all the guys literally fast traveled to me and they were ready to fire They're, They ran in like ready to take the base with me. And, and my buddy's like, holy shit, you just took out everybody on your own. And then the last guy came along and I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I did take out everybody on my own. And then yeah. <laughs> like, he killed me. It was like <laughs> one guy who was like so easy to kill, but it's cause all of a sudden I got out of flow and I started yeah. thinking about what I was doing. Yeah. But absolutely. I, I like, and everybody watched on the live stream and they're like, Oh fucking awesome. Right. Because yeah. I just went in and I literally took out all these guys like Rambo walking through the middle of a base. Yeah. Like, and, and I, like, I mean, it sounds silly, but you have to be pinpoint accuracy with your, with the controller. Like you have yeah. to be able to move the gun and there's guys shooting at you from all angles oh, so yeah. to pull it off that way. And so what's really interesting though, is like, there's an example of being in flow and I go, man, if I, if I was in that state more in my life, yeah. what good could happen? What good could come of that? You know, oh, yeah. just applying that to anything. And the thing yeah. is, is like, it's really just giving your full attention to something. Right. You know, and sometimes just like video games, we just kind of stumble upon it because you're invested, you're engaged with it and you're in the situation where you like, you've just got to make it happen. Yeah. Well, especially when you're playing like in a live situation too, like we were playing this Grand Theft Auto and I I know I'm talking about video games a lot, but I think this is a part of art I'd like to bring more into conversations. Mm -hmm playing Grand Theft Auto and you know, there's live characters around and they're live and they're firing back at you and they're smart. They're human beings. They're not just AI and figuring out how to navigate situations and get through them and stuff. And like, um, I, I I think video games are great because they give you a, a chance to easily experience something that you might not otherwise be tested on. Like yeah. for us to play hockey, there has to be a game scheduled. There has to be other people. Like we have to go somewhere. We have to put our skates on. We got to do a bunch of stuff, rent, yeah. ice rank, whatever. But a video game, you buy the video game, the system provided or whatever you're hanging out at a friends, you play that it's very accessible and you yeah. can play it anytime you want. And so I, I, like our generation got video games, got knocked a lot. I feel like they're, they can be abused today, but I think they're in a time where, they actually are a great resource yeah. for us, you know? But I mean, the thing is like, again, we've talked about this too. You can abuse just about anything. Sure. Exactly. You know, you can abuse cheeseburgers. Yeah. You know, you can abuse alcohol. You can abuse drugs. But working you can, out. You can abuse working out. Yeah. You know, you can abuse, um, you can abuse sex. You can abuse like these are, and you can abuse just like watching television. Yeah. You know, you can abuse going to the movies, right? Like it, there's, name it. 
If it's a thing you can do, you can abuse it. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, is not to say like, I mean, I'm talking about video games, I'm talking about hockey, whatever. I'm not saying like you do this all the time now. This is all yeah. you do now. What I'm saying though, is you do it for a period of time, but you do it full out and you do that and you just really enjoy it. Like, you know, don't casually watch TV. Don't casually, like don't casually video game, fully video game, fully do TV, just fully do whatever you do. And if you want to do like, you like casual and you want to have some casual time, fully do casual. Yeah. Like just be casual. Like, like nothing really matters. Like we were playing, uh, you know, uh, a comedy special on Netflix. We're hanging out. We're talking before the podcast for me, you know, I was, that was a casual period for me. I was just fully doing casual. It worked nicely. Now we're in the podcast. I'm fully in the podcast, you know? And I think that this podcast has been one of the best things in my life for the last like year or so. And it's been like, Every day we do it, we do it full out. We don't, yeah. we're not sitting here on our phones or anything. Like yeah. That. I mean, we hit, we hit flow state for sure. Yeah. Uh, like at times on, on this show. And I think our guests have done that too, who right. you know, they, they're just like, Oh my God, you guys go for like 90 minutes. Like when they start, you know, there's and that at the end, they're like, it's, it's already over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like to do the listeners. Like this has almost become almost a funny thing yeah. for us now because whenever somebody comes on the show, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, when people have concerns about like, holy shit, we're going to go for 90 minutes yeah, like, <laughs> or more. How are we, we going to talk, talk about it? It's like, and it's just kind of like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like we're going <laughs> to like this 90 minutes is going to fly by. And they don't want to leave. That's the yeah. best thing, you know, is like our guests don't want to leave. They want to keep talking, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's been the real general consensus that's been going on, which has been awesome. And yeah, you know, I hit flow state all the time. I hit flow state in this conversation. I mean, there's been times where I've been talking and I've been like, holy shit, you've kind of been talking for a little bit here. Like just take a breath, hold this thought yeah. and let him say something. Cause right now you're kind of, and I'm just like, yeah, but I was a little bit in the zone there. I was kind of putting down some stuff where it was really, I mean, I, it does, it's irrelevant what the audience thinks of the content I said, but for me, it flowed out of me. Like, yeah. you know, I had no, the experience and, of the flow, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've had those moments too, where it's like, I'm, there are words coming out of my mouth. Yeah. And I'm aware that they're coming out of my mouth and that I'm saying these words, but there's a degree to which I feel like I am, I'm actually just like saying the words, you know, like they're just kind of like coming through me and I'm hearing them for the first time myself. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing to do, but it's, yeah, it's how it happens it's multiple times yeah. where you're just like, Oh my God, where's this thought going? I'm just going to keep speaking. And the words just kind of keep coming out. And, uh, and you're just, it's like, you're just a witness to the whole thing occurring, you, you know, and that's something I've been, I've been aiming to do more on the podcast is when I get into a flow state and I say something that actually ends up being a bit of a discovery to me as I'm saying it. Um, I've been, uh, making an effort every now and then to stop and say, Oh, I'm discovering this as I'm saying it right now. Mm-hmm. Just so people on the other end know that I'm not just telling you, like, I already knew this. Like we're literally like, sometimes I'm literally uncovering something before you as this is happening. Yeah. There's certain wisdoms I might've come in with or certain thoughts I might've had before, but all of a sudden we have the dialogue and I'm like, Oh, whoa, look yeah. at that. Yeah. Well, I mean, how, how have human beings managed to discover things throughout the course of our history. Yeah. It's through people sharing ideas and discussion. Yeah. And then suddenly someone goes, what about this? And you go, <laughs> holy shit. Where do you think of that? 
I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, it's just, like, one of the most awesome things about human experience, right? It's just, like, I have no fucking idea how I, how I came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's, I don't know. that's the beauty, like, that's the artistry of it, is the artistry is kind of, it comes from flow, it comes from the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was writing, I was actually writing today and I actually, I realized like I hit flow state pretty easily. I'm, I, I realize in certain mediums, like especially writing, cause I write so much now. I don't even really think about it, but I was writing and it was today. And I think I had the same experience last night just as well, but I was writing and I'm like, I'm not really writing these words. It's like that kind of crazy writer thing is like, I listen to the voices in my head and I do what they tell me to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it's totally. almost like that. It's like, this, is this me talking? Like, I'm like, I'm asking Brandon, I'm like, Brandon, is, is this you right now? Or is this like some other thing? Like what, what, where's this coming from? Like, I, like, yeah. I didn't know about this. And you then know, you and just I'm, get on with it. I'm like, well, I exactly, don't know. But- and I'm writing it down and I'm going, like it kind of feels like God is speaking through me. Like it mm. kind of feels like what I would imagine that would be like, you know, it's like, yeah. is this someone like almost some greater power communicating? And I'm literally just the scribe right now trying to write down those things. And like the scientist would probably say, no, it's something in your mind, some kind of subconscious thing matching with your conscious life. And now you're getting it, but you don't understand how you're getting it. Yeah. And the spiritual person might say, well, no, that's God or that's the universe or that's some type of energy that's like being connected. And yeah. regardless of how you look at it, it's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, cause yeah. I mean, you can objectively monitor. It's like, well, your brain is firing in this way. Yeah. And these areas of the brain are I lit love up. this voice. And well, no, because I think it's, yeah. I do think it's fascinating. And I think that it provides us a certain perspective on these things. But, you know, it's for me, it's like, this is where I always, you know, and I think scientists are, are starting to get better with some of this element of things, which is why this is going off a bit off topic here, but why some people just get a little bit irritated at, at how a lot of the scientific community has acted in a certain way. It's just like, yeah, but like, you go, yes, I understand that you can like monitor like how the brain is like functioning and the synapses that are firing and blah. It's like, well, it's just this that's going on. It's like, yeah, but does that really fucking explain what's going on? Like, 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 because it completely negates the subjective component, which is, again, you cannot separate objective and subjective reality. They are, they are, they're linked together. Like you, you can't just say that, that it doesn't exist because as much as you can explain how something physically works in the brain or whatever, and, and, or what's going on physiologically, that, that still does not do justice to the subjective experience that's happening. It doesn't explain what's going on. It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that I have this experience of something. You have this experience of something. It won't tell you what that is. No, it only gives you a very minimal result based response. Like nobody knows, like, you know, we can have the same response to, they say a question like, I, I, you know, a social psych was like my major, right? You can, you can have the same, we can have the same response to a social question about the word mother is used in the sentence about like your mother always loved you no matter what. Now we both might have a literally the similar response in our brain and it literally triggers the exact same part of our brain and you know, whatever your subjective experience of your mother always loved you 
or take the reverse, your mother never loved you and how you respond to that emotionally in your subjective experience of what that means and how that works in context to everything you understand the world to be will be like so intricate and so incomprehensible to anybody else. Even if we try to try on the way that you are doing it, we'll never do it. And that's the subjective. And there's this thing about science too, is like where scientists become, or not scientists, but people who use science become abusive Mm. is they act as though science has already discovered everything. It's like, no, sorry. <laughs> we've, we've actually discovered almost like nothing. We're, we're yeah. like so minimal on what we've discovered that like, it's just, it, and it's expanding. Like, you know, yeah. there's so much being learned. And again, it's not to say that it isn't valuable or that we haven't learned a whole ton because of science. Yeah. Like we've learned extraordinarily valuable things about our physical reality this way yeah. and have been able to like improve the quality of people's lives. But there is a whole other sort of side to reality that I feel is going on that just science does not quite, does not quite doesn't measure it. it. Right. And, but it's, I I find it that it's very interesting. I watched this, um, it was a big think talk was really interesting. And it was, um, it was this guy talking about altered states of consciousness, um, whether through, meditation or what have you and how people. And so he was talking about, you know, what's actually going on in the brain. Like when these altered states of consciousness happen and people have these transcendent experiences. And it was very interesting because I I find it interesting the fact that at one point the scientific community was like, well, this is just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Like you know, people are just deluding themselves or whatever, but now there's actually, there's measuring that. No, there's actually a physiological thing that's happening when people are having these experiences, Mm -hmm. right? When people are having these subjective experiences, there is an objective thing that's going on at the same time. And he's saying, it's like, so like there's this part of your brain and it either completely just like shuts off or it lights right up. Mm. And then this other part of your brain, then like he, like they've explained how it goes into this thing. But at one point in time, it was thought of as being complete, complete bullshit. Right. Right. But you know, sometimes this is, this is my thing is like, sometimes science is catching up with like what people are saying. It's like, no, but I've had this experience of something that you haven't explained yet. That doesn't mean that you won't have some version of explanation for it and that we don't have some level of understanding about it. But there's always this subjective part to the reality, which is the way that we mostly experience reality. You know, I don't experience the couch that we're sitting on as a bunch of, of atoms, you know, moving at a slow rate. You know, I experience this as something that I'm sitting on that's comfy and squishy, you know, and makes this, and makes this kind of funny fart sound sometimes, you know, (laughs) right? Like this is how I experience a couch. I don't experience it as a bunch of atoms. Right. So you have to go, it's like, okay, so what, even though it is a bunch of atoms, does that, what difference does that make? I mean, we're getting into crazy philosophical conversation in some ways about this, but well, it's all right. It's interesting. No, I mean, (laughs) totally. We went there, man. Crazy corner, crazy corner. Yes. (laughs) Cheers. Um, but you know, I think that's the thing is that, uh, you know, we have our experience, which is one thing. 
And I mean, people can argue that to the end of the day, but there's probably energy and, and, and certain things that are happening in our, in our universe, which we're not able to measure yet. They're actually occurring. We just don't have the tools or the ability to even know they exist. We don't even know they're there. So, um, there's this whole part of like science is a great way to try and understand the infiniteness of this whole universe we live in, which I don't think we'll ever get to a day where we can say we know everything. We just won't, you know, like even from the objective world, I mean, there'll be a certain, it just, our whole lives would be different. I mean, they say that there's like, I mean, just the thing about it, we're on earth. There's this whole fucking universe out there and then Mm -hmm. there's multiple galaxies. I mean, there's just like, there's just so much out there, you know what I mean? And the fact that we even think we know anything is just kind of crazy. But from our socialized world, it seems like we know a lot. From our physical experience of the world, it seems like we have a really good grasp on everything. Yeah. We just don't. I mean, we don't know if there's human life out there or not. We don't know if there's a God or not. We don't know that. And in our lifetime, we don't know if that will we'll ever get answers to those questions. Yeah. But like, maybe there is an answer to that question. But the problem is, is like, we don't even have the ability to kind of even get close to the answer. And people like go and they'll cling to a book and they'll say, well, someone said this back in the day. It's like, maybe someone did, but you know, it was also translated telephone tag, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. I mean, who knows what we're dealing with here. And like those people also, how educated were they when they wrote stuff down? I mean, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? It it all gets into all this crazy stuff. Yeah. The point is, is though, (laughs) the point is, is though, is that you don't know a lot period. Yeah. And we're bringing this back down to motivation. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to tie it in. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're motivated when you believe that something will work out for you. Mm. When you don't believe it will work out and you believe it's pointless, you'll become demotivated. Just anybody on the other side of this, like, tell me you don't agree. If you don't know if something's going to work out or you really don't think it will, you think the chances are very slim. That's a demotivator. Yeah. But if you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, something's going to work out. Maybe you don't even know the way you just know that if I just keep going this way, I know I will get what I want. Or at least you believe that you be and live that. Right. So you're going to have motivation. So we're talking about all this stuff about what we know and don't know. How do you know anything? You don't. Mm-hmm. And, and like all the experiences we've had in our life in the past and whatever, like we think we can use that to give us data today. And most of it is all bullshit. It mm. can't actually inform of you. Like what your parents said to you or did to you or what that teacher said or did or whatever, or that coach or whoever, it, they don't know. That was like a period of the time and that was their limited perspective. And so, you know, like I started in school, I sucked at school. Like I doesn't, I actually was really good at school and then I didn't care about school and then I got C's and barely made it. And then in grade 10, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just turn my life around and show everybody that this is super possible. Mm -hmm. And I went and aced everything. I went from being like this failing student, literally failed in like grade eight and socials. But in grade 10, I aced everything and they gave me money to like go to university, um, you know, and they're on. And so everyone asked me like, how did you do it? I was like, I just decided I would just do well at school now. And I do what school requires which is really all you have to do. It's really that simple. But a lot of life is like that. And motivation, like why was I motivated? I was motivated for two reasons. One, there were probably weird motivations, but one was a friend of mine, guy I knew said I could never get A's. 
Mm. Just he was an A student. He just like you can't do it. It's too hard. But I was like, okay, well, I'm prove you wrong. <laughs> Secondly, I was really at that time trying to earn the respect and appreciation of my father, like most sons are. Mm. And sports weren't really cutting it. I mean, I was doing well in sports, but he never cared about that. But I was like, you know, if I do well in school, he seems to care about school. So I'm at A school. So I did, and I and I partly wanted to do that. But I, you know, I had this motivation for this idea. Ironically, as I started doing well at school, I actually started to enjoy doing well at school. Mm. And then it became, you know, it wasn't like it actually almost instantly, but I was motivated. My point is, is that school works hard or difficult. I'd rather be playing hockey or playing video games or doing whatever or hanging with friends. But I saw the end goal. So the school work I was doing right now seemed enjoyable because I'm like, this is going to get me my goal even though I'm writing a paper and I can look out my window and all the other kids on the block are playing together. If I do this work right now, I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the night. And I know I'll done it really well, as opposed to like waiting till the end of the night, scraping by, just barely getting done, maybe finishing up in the morning and hanging in like a piece of crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, you're talking about discipline earlier. I'm trying to tie it back in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be disciplined if you see the greater result that you're going for and you get connected and believe yeah. that that is possible. Absolutely. If you don't believe the end result's not possible, if you don't believe it's possible, well, you're not going to be motivated today. Why would you? Yeah. Because there's no point. That okay. almost seems like a closing statement. <laughs> well, let's mention this beer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How do you, what do you think of it? Cause I've this... been, I've been enjoying it. It's, um, a nice, easy, hmm. we have another sip there. So this strikes me as some kind of like, I'm going to say it's like a West coast pale ale is my guess on this one. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's cause it's just got like a slight, a slight hop forward to it, but not very much. Um, but really yeah, I've been enjoying it. Nice. It's really good. So you're yeah. pretty good on the guess. It's an orange pale ale. An orange pale ale. Orange, really? Hold on, let me get. I yeah, got yeah. Take another. Take another one. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. You seeing it a little more now? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It's not really orangey. Like it's definitely got that uh, a kind of a citrus to it, but. Yeah. So this beer is called the Sidecar Orange Pale Ale. And it's from Sierra Nevada, which is a, a oh, yeah. craft brewery, which is down in Oregon. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So we did one from the States, folks. Our first one from Our the States. Our first one from the States, which we, we, uh, Sierra Nevada, if you guys are listening to this or you somehow listen to our tweet that we send out when we try to promote you, hopefully you, um, you want to bring us down and give us a growler and we'll yeah. have a talk and promote your brewery or whatever. Um, cause why the hell not? Yeah. Especially if you've been listening to this long and you enjoyed our nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I've really enjoyed this beer too. It was a good one. I, I want to go a little outside of, uh, the box, you know, yeah. try something new. I got Absolutely. us, I actually got us two craft beers. I got us a local as well, mm. but I was like, yeah, we'll just do this one today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. More okay. beer for another day. More beer for another. Well, I, I, let's just kind of wrap it up real super quick. What, yeah. what, do, what do you got to say? Oh man. Well, I mean, yeah, this was a a surprising chat, I guess. I don't know why I'm surprised by some of these talks and, but it was, no, this is like kind of a a nice sort of uplifting one for me in terms of 
yeah, like really getting in touch with doing what you want to do, like keeping your, like keeping your goals and and your why and what you want to achieve. Like those, those are still there, but this whole idea of really fully doing whatever it is that you're doing and trusting sort of the process of, of sometimes doing something that seems counter Mm. to like, that almost seems counterproductive to, to what's going on and saying, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to play some video games. Yeah. I'm just going to go for a walk or I'm going to, you know, go and get a coffee or an ice cream. As you put earlier, it's like, you know, sometimes it's just, that's all you need is like a little, a little change up. You know, you got to listen to, you got to sometimes really listen to what's really calling you. Yeah. Right. And, um, yeah, I think those are some of the, the big things that stood out to me. I know we talked about a lot more than that. You know, we had our little momentary crazy corner and, um, we do crazy corner now. Yeah. Yeah. We started that a couple podcasts ago and I like it. I like, we're getting into some stuff. I mean, it's funny how we can take a conversation like this and kind of go into some heavier and deeper Mm -hmm. stuff and kind of come back, but it's all kind of related. And I think motivation is a big thing for people. I mean, I know it is for me and, and really finding like when I feel not motivated, and, and also like those times where you feel in not, maybe not everybody's experiences, but where you feel so motivated and just so excited about something and just like nothing can stop you and you just have ultimate passion and just joy even with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And going like, well, I think we all kind of want to recapture that or capture that to some degree and be able to, um, you know, basically like just pull the trigger on it and have it. Yeah. Um, what I'm finding as I've gone through my, you know, journey of like ups and downs and stuff, um, is I'm finding more and more that it's really, it's about going and saying, I'm going to do this thing. Is this what I want to do? Do that 100% full out and maybe do something else. Do it hundred percent full out, you know, do some things full out, get in that momentum and start to look a little further down the picture. I think what's going to happen immediately is going to be like, and this is my closing point. It's going to be like, I want ice cream. It's going to be something immediate. You know, I want this thing right now. I want Mm -hmm. this good thing right now. But eventually as you start to feel more fulfilled, you can take that good thing and you can put it further away. So you can be like, I want it at the end of the week. I want it at the end of the month. I want it at the end of the year, the end of the decade, the end of my life. But once you start getting to the end of my life, which is what Evan, I think brought up earlier is I don't want to lose the point of having discipline and all of that. Yeah. But you need to get as connected to the ice cream, like if not like a thousand days more connected yeah. to what it is, that's a thousand days away. Right. And then you see all these steps that you need to do to get there. And you like those steps because you know, they're getting you there, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's kind of how, how I see it. Yeah. And letting yourself enjoy yourself along the way. Right. By taking yourself to ice cream. Yeah. Completely. And that's without guilt about it. Exactly. Cause sometimes yeah. you're going to take that thousand day goal or that 10,000 day goal or whatever the hell it is. You're going to, I don't know how long it is, but you're yeah. going to put that aside. You're going to put that goal aside and you're going to go and you're going to stop and you're going to get ice cream and you're going to enjoy the fuck out of that ice cream. Yeah. And you're not going to worry about the fact that you're not working towards your thousand day goal because right now you need to get reconnected to a simple thing as just wanting yeah. ice cream. Well, it's like the old expression. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses. Right. Right what is life if you just fucking blow by everything? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Evan. Cool. That's good. I liked it. I liked it. (laughs) 
That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.